Well, uh, lingering down, perhaps, but... You know, you gotta give her credit, though, after you dumped her. She certainly went out and found herself what I'd have to say is probably the most interesting date of her generation. Steph. You buy everything, Steph. You couldn't buy her, though. That's what's killing you, isn't it? Steph. That's it, Steph. She thinks you're shit. And deep down, you know she's right. You don't need me to say I'm sorry. It's done. It's over with. I'm fine. Oh, well, if that's true, then I'm glad. It's not true. It doesn't matter, does it? You told me you couldn't believe in somebody who didn't believe in you. I believed in you. Always believed in you. You just didn't believe in me. If you don't go to him now, I'm never going to take you to another prom ever again. You hear me? I mean, this is an incredibly romantic moment, and you're ruining it for me. It's Becky. Hello, everybody. I'm Dave Jones. Welcome to the Nightfly Podcast. The Tuesday, March 2nd, 2021 edition on a crappy, rainy day recording in Midtown Manhattan during possibly the tail end of a massive pandemic. Who knows? Who knows what's coming? I mean, things seem to be opening up, but I guess we'll see what's happening. But welcome to the show, everybody. I hope everybody's had a, a lovely February, which was actually just a bag of crap. And now March, it feels better already. And uh, hello, I hope everybody had a lovely weekend. And welcome once again uh, to the show. I'm playing Bon Jovi, of course, because my guest on the uh, Tuesday night show... On the Comedy Cellar Tuesday night show that I love bringing to everybody was Dave Ryan from Bon Jovi, the keyboardist, um, who you know I went to high school with. And boy, was that fun. Him and his daughter 
And I tell you, I think I missed an opportunity because uh, he seemed to be willing to play really whatever you asked. And I, I just didn't know that would be the case. And I didn't know his daughter would be there. I don't think he sings, but his daughter could probably have sing and we could have planned something. But we'll try again. Of course, you're probably not going to get another guest like that until the next pandemic. Because uh, if you were uh, listening or watching the show or would watch the show on the Comedy Cellar Nightly channel, a rewatch, you'll know that he is the sickest, busiest individual uh, there is. Like I brought up on the show, you know, he told me once that this year is an album year, this year is a touring year, this year is an album year. How do you have time to write a new Broadway musical? So think about that. And he has one coming out whenever anything opens up again. I guess he already has a date, but... He says think Broadway will open up in the fall. I say I'm just not so sure. But then again, uh, you know, I thought this was going to be finished by uh, April last year. So I, I remember when Joe Messina told me, you know, when it started, when everything closed down in March, Joe goes, you know, this could go till July. And I'm like, shut up. Let me explain something to you. This Trump guy may be a little nuts, but it ain't going till July. They'll fix it. They'll find a wet boy. This is this is that's pretty much me just saying the Blue Man Group. I don't see it. When I met them in 1987, I fell as or to uh, Chelsea Handler and just say, "Listen, kid, you're not going to make any comedy." These are the 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 forward thinking that Dave Juskow provides on a daily basis, uh, because clearly I have no forward thinking. I have forward thinking in different ways, but uh, not predictions on who's going to make it and what's going to happen and those kind of things because uh, I've, I've been proven wrong too many times. And it's funny because even if I do predict something, I will be one of those people that's like, see, saw that coming. I told you. I told you. <laughs> My friend Sophia, you know, the model, does that to us with the stocks. She's like, I told you. And I'm like, you told me nothing. For, first of all, the last five things you predicted were incorrect. <laughs> but that's how you get somebody's attention. So it's... Uh, it's very successful. I'm just going to take a little sip of coffee. Not the proper way to start the show. So anyway, when I started the show today, um, I it, just before I, pu- I started the show, I, 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 I was all ready to go. Uh, I, I pull up my shades so I can look outside, even though I'm looking right into an air conditioner. But obviously, I can see out into the East River and all this kind of stuff. I pull the shades down. I've had these shades for 20 years. They all fall down on my computer and my and my stuff, you know, my podcasting stuff fall down on this table. Thank God I didn't have the coffee on there. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. I think I was holding it in my hand, and it all fell down. These shades I put up when I first moved in and whenever the hell I moved here. Was it 1996, 8? I don't know. And, uh, yeah, been up for years. And, and, and it's, you know, these are the shades that I need the most out of anything. Like I don't have shades in my living room because I overlook a brick wall. So the only place I have shades are my bedroom. And that's the only thing I invested in when I moved here were shades, blinds, Venetian blind. You want, you know, you know how to make a Venetian blind? Bazoo. Um, no, I uh, invested in these like uh, maroon colored uh, shades, you know, so they would be dark because the sun, wherever I've lived in my entire life, the sun just, Comes into my room like a god. That's from uh, In Excess. Thank you. Um, trying to think of the song. Uh, shit. I think of it all the time. And the sun comes to my room. New sensation. Thank you. That was going to drive me crazy. Um, so, yeah, that's unfortunately 
the sun is always in my eyes in the bedroom. It's like the I'm the worst person when I was growing up, uh, when I moved in with the. Uh, you know, on 29th Street in this place, it's uh, I always have the sun coming in in the morning, which is like the worst thing for, you know, a night person. So that's this is the worst thing that could happen. And when I say the worst thing, you know, there's plenty of worse things. But um, no, it's just a pain in the ass. Uh, obviously, I live in a building where I could probably get it fixed. But you know what I did? You got to appreciate this day and time we're living in. You just have to respect it. I tell you all the time, Jesus Christ, living in a pandemic world. Um, in 2020, 2021 is just terrific. You know, I pointed it out multiple times. I mean, even during the pandemic, you shop at things are delivered tomorrow. I mean, that's a mirror. You got to appreciate Amazon. They deserve all the money they've made. What an unbelievable company, let alone. Oh, well, I'll tell you that in a second. Um, you, you know, being able to watch movies and TV, all that kind of crap, you know, the fact that I can find in and out of love by bon jovi that they even say we don't want to recognize that song or album anymore that's their second album uh i just like that i've always liked that song and i think it's a little underrated but they hate it they hate the album they hate the song and then of course next was slippery and wet which brought them into this stratosphere of greatness i'll tell you i went down the rabbit hole the other day just watch after i was with dave Bryan, just looking at all old bon jovi clips and stuff it's just fascinating how long they've been around with the staying power it really is something else and think about it. i didn't want to say this on the air but they are the only the one and only you know glam rock band to survive the 80s um that, that that's it that's where it ends it's not you know they're gonna get rat or Cinder- rats doing geico commercials rat cinderella uh Dokken, warren winger you know I, I mean i'm just off the top of my head i'm thinking of nonsense uh white snake i, I mean you know these guys had success but no <laughs> I mean, this is 40 fucking years. He, he said they uh, formed in 79, but the official time is like 82, which means they're coming in on their 40th anniversary. I mean, that is, for a band in general, that's unbelievable, but this is like stone stratosphere, you know, and they're still touring and still into it and still coming out with new albums, which a lot of places don't do, which is really a testament to uh, John Bon Jovi and his work ethic, which... You know, clearly is a good work ethic because he's been married to the same woman for a long time. So that probably takes a lot of pressure off. He's like, no, I'm good being married. So I got time to concentrate on other things. Or maybe that's the reason he's always got to concentrate because he's like, oh, my God, I've been married to the same woman for like 50 years. But, you know, it's um, it's really a terrific. But the fact that I can find it anywhere, you know, online or anything, it's so a miracle. So what did I do? I uh, just before the show, I went on Amazon and I bought those uh, those shades that you just stick on and they're coming tomorrow and you just pull them down and pull them it's not the you know the thing with the the pull string that i you know is probably a little better but i you know who cares i mean actually it'll be kind of difficult because i don't think i can reach because there's a table in front but that's on wheels i guess i could move it every time i mean well i don't know maybe it's gonna suck I i don't know whatever i needed some replacement until the guys can come and fix it if i even need it fixed maybe this will work and uh, just the fact, again, that I could just go online. Yes, I'll have to deal with it tomorrow. Hopefully it won't be sunny <laughs> and, um, you know, it won't be too bad. And then, you know, by the time I go to bed for Monday, when it is supposed to be bright and sunny, I should have a good blind. So we'll just see. But at least it's a it's a good temporary replacement for 20 bucks, And it's going to be here tomorrow on a Sunday. I mean, that's unbelievable. 
But just, you know, you're just sitting there and it crashes and then you just sit there for a moment and you kind of go like, you got to be fucking kidding me. You got to be kidding me. I'm trying to I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do the podcast early in the morning. I woke up. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. And then you get sidetracked with something like that. It's annoying. Let alone yeah, my whole place has fallen apart. I guess it's been 21 years. This is what happens. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm just been in this apartment and I have certain things that I started with. Um, you know, I had to buy new air conditioners at some point. So they're they'll be around for a while. But. The refrigerator I've had, I guess, from the beginning is now on the fritz. Um, it smells awful. Something's burning in the back. And I don't know whether they'll replace it because, you know, they're trying to evict me. I wouldn't give somebody a new refrigerator if they're uh, not paying rent. But, you know, I'll, I was, you know, I don't know how much a new refrigerator costs, but I might have to buy one, I guess. But I, I mean, I would. I, I mean, then I was looking it up. It looks like maybe it'll be three hundred bucks. I mean, maybe. I mean, that seems like a good deal. But um, I need one. It smells horrible. Like it's something's burning in the back. You know, the the freezer and refrigerator are doing okay, but it doesn't have that cold. My refrigerator was so cold it was great. You put it in the back, it iced up. But I loved it that way. Everything was cold. You know, uh, the drinks and whatever. Everything was nice and cold. I felt like I could leave. Like. You know, I'm making those meal preps, right? So I bought chicken yesterday, and I'm not cooking till Monday. But I feel very confident with my cold refrigerator that that's not going to be an issue. My cold, my refrigerator was almost on the, the verge of freezing, and that's good for storing, you know, meats or whatever for a couple of days before you cook them. And now, I'm not so sure, let alone the Nutrisystem stuff I had in the door because, you know, it's not that big of a freezer, is completely melted, like the desserts, like a fudge bar or uh, an ice cream sandwich just completely melted. Uh, so that sucks because that's, you know, pretty expensive. So that's kind of a nightmare and it pisses me off a little. But what, what are you going to do? It's nobody's fault. You know, it's just um, the super has been very kind. Yesterday when I came home uh, with some groceries, I you know, I saw him and he's like, let's go look for some refrigerators for you in the building. We'll swap some out. You know, people that have moved and 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 what do you call it? Uh, uh, abandoned. Uh, in New York City and ran away. Uh, we I went into four different apartments yesterday and I could pick out. I was like, nah, this one doesn't seem cold enough. Nah, this one, this one's too small. It's like, nah, that's why I don't like this way. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm just looking for cold. He keeps putting the thermometer in and I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel cold. I don't feel cold coming out of it, you know? So I wasn't trying to be a bitch. I just want a nice, cold working refrigerator. Hopefully that And then he's like, well, there's a couple across the street. Maybe we can do that. I mean, he's being nothing but nice. And I guess that's what happens, even if you're getting evicted or during a pandemic, if you tip your doorman or your, your super during Christmas time, you get, you know, service when it comes up. It's just like, um, what's like insurance? You know, you're paying your insurance. In case something happens. And that's what it's for. So, yeah, I mean, listen, if he hooks this up and I get a new one, I'll give him some more money. But, you know, a lot of people weren't tipping this. It was like, well, he hasn't done anything. I haven't seen him in a month, you know, a year. But I'm like, no, you, it's it's a preliminary payment that you're paying. And, you know, in this, I just wasn't sure if it was a thing. But, yeah, the super out of everybody, I think I know a lot of people in the building don't do it. And, um, well, you have to just be a genuine idiot not to. Uh, that's the way they work. That's the way New York City works, no matter what decade or century or pandemic it is. Um, right. Those two things. The reason I uh, just very quickly played the pretty in pink clip up front is because before I when I woke up this morning at five in the morning, because that's what I do now, 
I um, was reading this thing that they're putting out Pretty in Pink on Blu-ray because that's necessary. Who's buying that anymore? Anyway, uh, they're putting it out on Blu-ray, and, and now I don't. Now that, what they didn't say was this, but apparently, and I did not know this, that ending was not the first ending. That was a reshoot where they had to bring everybody back. Apparently, the director Howard Deutsch was saying, I think that's how you pronounce his name, um, that the original ending is she gets together with Ducky. And they were told when they screened, the audience's people were booing, you know, teenagers like myself. Now, I don't know why I'd boo. Ducky is me. Ducky was me. So I would have been thrilled with that ending. In fact, it it always bothered me that uh, she didn't go with Ducky because it's like a metaphor for my entire existence, certainly at that time. And... um, yeah, that that was the ending, and people hated it, which is so surprising. And they're like, "What?" And John Hughes and uh, Howard Jones are looking at each other, like, "Why? What do they hate it? What's going on?" I thought they'd appreciate that. Why would they want to go off with this guy that abandoned her at the prom? Apparently, Andrew McCarthy bought a date to the prom, and and then they had to reshoot. I don't know. Six weeks later, they had to bring everybody back for one day, reshoot the entire prom scene. Andrew McCarthy had already shaved his head for a Broadway show he was doing. I actually remember that. And they had to put a wig. So if you look at the ending, he's wearing a toupee. (laughs) I was just watching it while we were playing it. And I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. I I would like that toupee right now. But yeah, now you're going to look at that forever. And they changed the ending. and, uh, And people responded to that more. And in a way... It is it is a better ending, but it's more like a Woody Allen ending. But they were trying to make it more real than your normal. I think that's my guess is that's what it is, is that the thing about John Hughes is he was trying to take out those old movies our parents liked with the initial with the happy endings, which, of course, I like and make things real. And that is a more real ending. And it's not an unhappy ending, of course, adding in the Kirstie Swanson part um, and having Ducky, you know, be liked by a really hot girl makes everybody happy so technically it is a happy ending but fascinating did not know and so the question is if one's coming out on blu-ray are we going to get to see these scenes because man you you you'd kind of have to be a a complete jackass it i know what it is it's blu-ray it's five john hughes films on blu-ray but why would you put out new blu-ray and talk about this scene that the director said this happened and not include that footage. It's got to be around somewhere. It. I mean, well, I, I would buy that if it's not going to be available on YouTube. I would buy that in a second. I mean, I, I must see it. I, I would I would kill to see that extra footage, the, the opposite ending. I mean, just the way, uh, you know, I like that Superman 2 director's cut. Uh, speaking of which, I watched this movie called Dr. Sleep over the weekend. I'm telling you about everything I'm watching, you know, including <clears throat> Family Affair. Now... I watched Doctor Sleep because I saw it was leaving HBO Max, and my friend Lori at the the bar that I go to said, "Oh, you got to watch Doctor Sleep." So uh, I was dying to watch it anyway. It's a sequel to The Shining. If you don't know about it, what I didn't know is that Stephen King actually wrote the book. I didn't realize he wrote a sequel to The Shining, which was quite fascinating. Um, you know, very so many authors just hate that, but uh, he wrote a sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep, and uh, I couldn't wait to see it. It just looked very entertaining. You know, they're like, you know, it's all shining stuff, and they have the, you know, the coming attractions look like fun. It's Danny Torrance, all grown up. 
So I watched it on Sunday night when I was uh, Sunday. Well, last Sunday I slept the whole day, and then you know I woke up in the middle of the night, and I was like, "All right, let's watch a movie." I'm wide awake. Slept for like 15, 16 hours. Obviously, I needed it because I keep going to bed at one or twelve or one or two, and then waking up at five, and then I never go back to bed. So anyway, who cares? So I watched this movie, and it's really good, and I got to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's entertaining. It's not, you know, the greatest movie, but it was very entertaining. The ending is very good, I think. You know, it brings back a lot of the characters and stuff we like or whatever. If you like the movie The Shining and you like that kind of stuff, and uh, I, I thought it was kind of fun. And they, you know, replaced a lot of the people with people that look like them, and I was okay with that, you know? So, you know, instead of what they do with Star Wars and uh, computerize, so which I probably would have been okay with too, but this was fine and I got what they were doing in it and I, I did uh, enjoy it. It has stayed with me in a, in a good, pleasant way. There's some, you know, and the, the, the woman villain is really hot and she's very good and uh, there's a little girl in it who's very good and Ewan McGregor, that guy's always good. He's good in everything. He's the only reason I would ever even think about watching Star Wars Episode One, Two, or Three. I really like Ewan McGregor. He was unbelievable in what's my uh, the favorite movie, The Da Vinci Code, uh, Angels and Demons. Boy, he's good in that. Uh, so he, that, this guy's always good. So yeah, it was very entertaining. I I am recommending it for people that like The Shining. I mean, is it, first of all, you know, was The Shining that great a movie? I don't know. You know, it's okay. It's slow. It's a Kubrick film. You know, you got to just like kind of let it let it play out. So it's okay. It's not my favorite movie. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't hate it, and I've seen it multiple times. You know, I like the documentary more than I like the actual movie. So kind of the way I prefer the movie Hannibal to Silence of the Lambs, <clears throat> which I could watch every time, I feel like this will be one of those. I think every time Dr. Sleep would be on, I'd be able to watch it and be entertained by it. That movie Hannibal, the sequel to Silence of the Lambs, I, I mean, I've seen that. I can watch that every time. I that That's Talk about an entertaining film with amazing performances by obviously Anthony Hopkins. You can't put a price on him doing the Hannibal Lecter and Ray Liotta and quite frankly, uh, Julian Moore, who I just always like. So, oh, and uh, Gary Oldman. Oh, my God. I really like that movie a lot. So sometimes I prefer the sequels to the originals. But, I mean, I'm always going to like Science Lambs. I, I can't decide. I, I guess I'm going to start watching that Clarice. I've, I've seen it's gotten. Yeah, I bought the. TV Guide at the grocery store yesterday. I was like, oh, let's get TV Guide. Old-fashioned TV Guide. You know, I usually only buy it in the fall. So I was like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do the crossword puzzle. That's how bored I am. I'm going to get the TV Guide, and I'm going to sit and read it and listen to the radio. Because now I – and wear my little spectacles because, well, I guess this is it. 56, that's the age where you just become an old man. That's it. It's over, folks. I have been very angry and bitter, and I just want to complain about everything. This is this is the turning point. It makes sense. Middle-aged, going on to older than middle-aged, this is it. Now I know. This is the one. <laughs> this is the year. Uh, it's over. <laughs> I've had it. I don't want to go out anymore. I don't want to, you know, I'm good just hanging around. I'm retired. I mean, I guess it's the pandemic that rushed it up, but I'm, I'm tech, you know, I've mentioned this before. I'm retired. I wake up every morning. I got nothing to do, nowhere to go. But I, you know, I put on a schedule thanks to the Nutrisystem or even my meal prep. You know, I'm in a system. I go to the computer. I work for a couple of hours. I uh, take a walk. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's what everybody does in Florida. I mean, <laughs> that's what my grandfather used to do. 
No, I got plenty to do. I play, take a walk. I watch TV. But at least they had people to hang out with, you know, like um, where they could play, you know, cards at night or something. I, I don't see anybody except on Wednesdays and Thursdays. But uh, everything's opening up again. So we'll see where that's taking us. So I've been trying to actually put together some live shows, thinking that when all this does end, I will want to go out again. I suppose it's been the winter and all that kind of stuff. I just have to acclimate into doing it again. I called the Stress Factory, was see if they were interested in me producing a show there. And I believe I'm going to do some outdoor shows, which I presented to uh, the owner, Noam, at the Comedy Cellar, over the, uh, over the next few months in, uh, on the streets of New York. So I'm getting back into that again because I enjoy producing shows. I like bringing it to the people. Speaking of which, uh, today, today on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show will be the hilarious Jim Norton and Jim Florentine. I've got the Jims, the Jersey Jims, uh, again, an all-Jersey show as we had last week with me, Dave Bryan, and Gabby, his daughter, Jim Florentine, Jim Norton will be on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. And the week after that, will be Rachel Feinstein and Cypher Sounds, who used to be a DJ on Hot 97, and now he is a comedian. The week after that, I'm already scheduling far in advance. Here's an interesting show for you. It will be Fox News, Fox News people Tom Shalhoub and Jamie LaBella. You know, because sometimes you got to mix it up. Now, that's on March 16th. Was I planning on doing an all-Irish show? I was. I asked Sean Donnelly to be on it, and he's the only Irish person I knew, so I had no other person. Uh, and well, I, was gonna, I would have normally asked Colin Quinn, but I don't want to bother him again. So there will be no mention of uh, St. Patrick's Day. That was my big plan. And I already mixed up the uh, – I should have done um, – I wanted to bring on this uh, musician named Leslie Mendelson, who's a doll and really talented – I was going to do an all-music show for the Grammys, uh, but I miscalculated and I didn't, wasn't thinking when they were. And so next week, we're going to talk about the Grammys. I got some stuff I want to tell you about that because, you know, I hate the Grammys and I hate the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame shit. And, um, you know, I got a lot to get out because, well, I'm an old man. This is what we do. We complain and argue about everything. That's the big plan. Now, let's see. What else did we have to talk about? A lot of stuff. Well, I will tell you this, too. We were talking about HBO Max and movies and stuff. So I got to tell you, Tom and Jerry came out yesterday, right? Tom and Jerry. It's a stupid new movie. It's like half animated, half uh, whatever. Who cares? I've never liked Tom and Jerry, ever. Tom and Jerry is just stupid. I remember my dad going, oh, this guy, this one won an Oscar. What was the Two Musketeers or whatever? Remember, I'm like, who cares? It's stupid. I mean, if you grow up on Bugs Bunny, which is not, which is by far just this next level of Simpsons and Family Guy shit. You know, when they're making funny dialogue, not just cartoons, th- then how could you ever like Tom and Jerry? Who gives a shit? I've never met one person that likes Tom and Jerry. Who cares? It's the same premise all the time. I mean, so is Bugs Bunny, but they got different dialogue and they have dialogue. Who cares about a stupid cat and mouse that are going, I mean, it's just stupid. So I've never liked it. And then in the 80s, it got worse because they became pals. Because there were parents, like I guess like me, old men who were getting angry that there was too much violence on TV or whatever. And they made them pals. Oh, my God, it was pathetic. The Simpsons make fun of it all the time with Itchy and Scratchy. Which is probably what Itchy and Scratchy is, is based on. You know, so they made the, the you know, maniacal mouse and uh, they, they changed it around. So 
The Simpsons also knows Tom and Jerry's just goddamn stupid. You notice they've never made fun of Bugs Bunny, I don't think, because how could you? All those guys grow up with Bugs Bunny. They realize how genius it is. There'd be no Simpsons without Bugs Bunny. So anyway, they made a new movie. It's not made for me. I don't give a shit. But it's being released in theaters, wherever those are, and HBO Max. And I'm like, you know, if they're going to keep releasing stuff on HBO Max, I'm all in. I'll watch anything. This is very exciting. Do you realize what's coming out next week or in two weeks? Coming to America 2. I am so excited on Amazon Prime. I can't even wait. I can't believe I can watch it home. You know I never had, I could never go to the movies. I could never find anybody to go to the movies. Just before the shutdown, I was trying to go to movies more, but it was very difficult to find people to go with. And, you know, I just really hated the movies anyway, mostly for germs and nonsense and sitting near jerk-offs. So this is fantastic. What, I think this is the way I was like looking forward to Wonder Woman 84, which is a bag of shit on Christmas Day. I'm going to watch this stupid Tom and Jerry thing because I would never go see it in the movies. So this is perfect. HBO Max, I'm going to watch it tomorrow morning. It's going to be fantastic. Maybe I'll watch it tonight. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be fantastic. Even if it sucks, you're going to be like, yeah, that was awesome. I would never have watched that movie normally. I love this shit that's coming out on uh, cable right away. This is great. They should have been doing this years ago. Fuck the movie theaters. I mean, sometimes it's fun, I guess, to watch a movie for you're with people and stuff, but I, I don't know, just the, I guess the experience is a good time, and I know a lot of people like the movies. I just got out of it early on and was just like, I'm very, I guess the problem is I'm just, before the pandemic, I'm just comfortable in my house, and I like watching TV, and my sister's the same way, my dad was the same way. Oh, yeah, So so on... Thursday, when I go to see my mom, when I came home, it was, oh, so I got my mom a vaccine, right? Uh, because finally she, you remember I told you she was going around looking for a vaccine, driving around with her friend Manny, just looking for vaccines, like looking for Coke in the 80s. I mean, it was ridiculous. And we just didn't help her because she didn't want our help. She didn't want a neighbor's help, so we didn't say. And then she finally called and said, can you please help me get a vaccine appointment? I'm like, thank you. Finally, you know, you, all you got to do is communicate with us. I was just so angry about it. You know, just like she just won't be honest with us. And it drives me insane because then we can't help her. So she finally said, I'd like your help. So I was able to get her one. And it was really easy. As a matter of fact, folks, if you're ha- if you live in New Jersey and you're having trouble finding your parents a vaccine, contact me on DaveJustGowFans at gmail.com uh or you know dm me on instagram and i'll give you the service that this is it's a wonderful service of volunteers that um you write to them you give them for people over 65 you give them the information to your parents or you tell you know you know people that have trouble with computers and stuff and they they match you up with somebody who just helps you out and this woman helped me out within a day and I got an appointment. It was so annoying for my mother's stupid friend who I've never met. That's all she ever talked to. You know, she's got, I've got one friend every once in a while you hear about for six months and you never hear about it again. That's got this new friend, Joy, but her husband just died. So she's trying to help her out, I guess. And who knows? And um, I got her an appointment too. They said, do you have a significant other? I said, well, my mother doesn't have a significant other, but she has this friend. I don't know. You know, I didn't want to bother you or whatever, but this lady got us the um, vaccine appointments. My mother's going uh, when this airs, she'll over, she'll be going. And, uh, you know, they tell you how much you feel like traveling or whatever, and it's done. Now, the first and second scheduled appointments, and, you know, my mother was like, geez, that's my instabatable group. I'm like, shut up. Um, but anyway, that's my mother. But uh, for yours, if you are having trouble, I can give you this information. It's not a secret. Uh, you know, I mean, I just, I don't have it with me right now. So if you 
uh, email me and you, your parents live in Jersey uh, or you're over 65 and living in Jersey, uh, you know, email me at DaveJustGoFans at gmail.com. Speaking of emailing me, Maureen, thank you very much. I did read your email about my car. Uh, everybody's been so nice telling me, uh, you know, what I could do about the car. Well, listen to this. So on Thursday, right, I hadn't gone out in two weeks because of the snowstorm and whatever. So it had been two weeks since I moved my car. Now, that is a definite guarantee that my car will not start. But I tried this new thing that this guy in the garage told me about. He goes, I think I found the problem. I'm like, shut up. That can't be the problem. Well, I guess it is. I think I found the problem of what's draining the stupid battery. Remember I told you it was like uh, everybody's been so nice. Like uh, Frank wrote me about, uh, you know, the battery before and everything. And I said, you know, it's one. It's clearly one thing that's causing it. How do you detect it? You know, and he was showing me this video and everything. And then um, so. I guess we found it, and it's the it's the stupid dimmer switch. You know how like your your interior lighting uh, thing, which shows you know in the dark your dashboard and you know all that interior lighting stuff when it gets dark and it goes on. That switch that you would press to turn on your lights in the interior if you're sitting in the car and the doors aren't open. If I put that all the way down, apparently that seemed to be draining the battery because I put it all the way down. I don't use it anymore. So I drive just with all the uh, all the stuff off. I guess I haven't driven in the dark. And I put that in when I go to the garage, and it totally started up. So clearly, we found the problem. But thank you, everybody, and Maureen, for your very kind words, for um, you know being uh, trying to give me answers to what could be causing the problem on my 20-year-old car. Everything I have is 20 years old. Everything's 20 years old. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it's it's. I'm so happy when I got to the garage and I saw the car waiting for me. I'm like, really? I you know, I came early because I'm like, ah, this is going to take a while. I mean, even though it doesn't take that long, but it just felt like I said it cost me more money because they tip the guys and it's like, uh, who wants that? But yeah, so it's all good. So thank you, everybody. Um, I had a reason for saying all this, and now I can't remember for the life of me what it was. But it was about oh, so so right so um. So wrote it with the value. Oh, so so what I'm saying is, yes, email me at DaveJustGoFans.com and um, if you want, and I can give you this uh, wonderful organization that, again, is a volunteer organization that hooks you up and gets you uh, appointments and vaccines where you live, wherever you live in Jersey, and you just go county by county. Uh, so, yeah, so that's so when I got home, uh, it was so funny on Thursday, I parked the car in the garage. I got a call from my friend Lawrence and I said, oh, I think I can help you get a vaccine. He wanted to get a vaccine. I'm like, I think I can help you. But I didn't realize it was over 65, so I, I couldn't help. I thought I could do this. And then I met people in my building like, hey, we're trying to get our mother vaccine. So I'm like, oh, give me your um, give me your digits, and I'll, I'll text you. I'll email you the information. And then my friend um, uh, Vincent called, and you know he had uh, fell on his stoop the other day when I uh, picked him up. I saw, and um, it's like a marble stoop, like a, the place that he lives. Put together a marble stoop. I mean, that's just asking for a lawsuit. And he hurt himself, and, you know, it's horrible. So I tried to get him, uh, you know, I made a couple clothes, and I got him a good lawyer. And then for another friend, I'm getting some uh, weed, you know, like stuff. Like I took all this as soon as I got home. I was doing all these good deeds. I had to give myself snaps because I was doing so many good deeds. <laughs> um, is that from Clueless or Legally Blonde? I think it's from both. The snaps might be from Legally Blonde, too. God, I am a homosexual. Okay. Um. Oh, yeah, so yeah, here's the thing about the weed, right? I mean, this is so – I can't believe I got to make a call. I'm just – I am getting weed, not for myself. I'm getting it for people 
who who really need it are getting it for medicinal purposes. Sure, we get it for recreation sometimes, but these people I'm getting it for and helping are for medicinal purposes. I cannot believe that I still have to do all this cloak and dagger shit and call up this place and then they ring me back and I'm like, hello, mama bear, it's papa bear, you know? Uh, I mean, this is ridiculous when my niece can go to a store, pick up whatever I need and use her credit card to buy it. I mean, this is insane. It's so embarrassing. I mean, only last year I think I was getting in some guy's car and he had to drive me around the block. Are you fucking kidding me? I, it's so this is and 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 here we go right, Governor Cuomo, you're such an ass. This is beautiful. He is getting raked over the coals with his uh, nursing home nonsense, and now he uh, Bernie's getting me tooed like your pal Dave Juskow. He tried to kiss this girl that works there. Oh man, it's good. And you know who's a bag of shit? Is that Gillenbrand or whatever our other New York crappy senator? She's keeping all quiet on it. This is the asshole that took away our chances to have Al Franken as president, which not only would have been great because he's a good man, but hilarious. Um, which you know you're always missing out on the hilarity of this thing. And she was the one who was like, "Al oh, Franken's horrible. He's horrible," and it took him away from you know having a, a real fun campaign. This year, without any allegations or anything else, and then, but here she's like, well, I don't know anything. Oh, what a two-faced twat! I swear to God, I'm so I hate her so much. I just, I really hope it ends badly for her too. But it's, it's beautiful. And me, meanwhile, you know, I'm looking at the <clears throat> the girl he tried to kiss. I mean, she's gorgeous. What's her name? Le- no, uh, what's her name? I, I have it right here. I just can't see. Oh, Lind. Lindsay Bolin? Is that her? Yeah, Lindsay Boylan. She's really pretty. I mean, you can see why you would try to kiss her. <laughs> I am a man, so even though I call myself a homosexual. Before I, uh, yeah, she's really cute. You know what she looks like? She looks like, at least in this picture I'm looking at, she looks like that girl on that Seinfeld episode where he's trying to break up with her, but um, there's a, a, a an axe murderer outside, so he doesn't want to leave, so he end, you know he's afraid to go home, so he ends up having sex with her, and then they... Uh, start dating and they go to Amish country. She's really pretty, red hair, blue eyes. Um, of course, that's not the problem. So it's beautiful that uh, he's getting raked over the coals uh, because he is stupid and he's the reason that I have to, uh, you know, do all this cloak and dagger shit for a- an industry that doesn't really hurt anyone. I mean, weed isn't really an issue it's better than drinking and it's better than cocaine and it helps a lot of people get over a lot of pain that perhaps other medications don't do and relaxes a lot of people for me it's exactly the opposite i can't smoke uh and then go to bed you know like it doesn't relax me so i eat i have it sometimes before i eat uh for digestive purposes so there you go it's kind of medicinal in that sense too and um you know, I don't drink, so I do that. And I mean, you know, you take a puff or two. It's like really like a met, like it's like having a a glass of wine before dinner or something. It's the same thing. And and the part is the reason why I'm so upset, as you know, this would bring in so much money during a time of a pandemic. If he had already been doing it, it would have been bought in. Let alone the gambling is a whole other issue. But still, you know, what an asshole. You know, I also wanted to tell you, uh, to, uh, you know, is, uh, we're, we're, we're not running out of time, but um, 
I was talking to Olga all week. We're doing. We're actually doing a, a show. Which you're welcome to come in. Actually, uh, in fact, you, you know what? You know what I'm going to do. Um, let me. Let me. It's. I forgot about that too. We can promote our show. Um, or maybe I should have her on next week because that would be promote. Well, you know what? No, it's too funny. Uh, I'm going to call. I'm going to get Olga Namer on the phone and uh, talk to her about something that happened to her this week, which is my favorite topic, which is uh, horrible Orthodox Jewish people that treat women like a bag of shit. You know, it's bothering me so much that I keep thinking if, and, and I'm narrow-minded about this, I suppose, but, you know, I, I, because, right, these aren't the same women who are complaining, but, the you know, I keep thinking the women, you know, that we're all involved and want to make things better for women, you equal pay and treated right, and, you know, the Me Too move, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, you know where it needs to start is organized religion. Organized religion is the problem and the root of all evil of why women are uh, oppressed and uh, kept as second-class citizens. Organized religion continues to do that into 2021, which is fucking ridiculous. Organized religion is the root of all evil, and especially for women. And uh, the Jews are uh, bad at it, and as are the Catholics. And But the problem is, is that the women who are bringing these things up usually aren't the Orthodox Jews and the very devout Catholics. They're content with the way women are treated, so I guess it doesn't work. But that's what you need to topple, ladies, is organized religion and the teachings of these things from children who think this is an okay way to treat women. So that all being said, wait till you hear... What happened, Olga? I'm going to bring her on the phone. I wasn't uh, going to do it, but I'm going to. And uh, I'll tell you what will be. I'll, I'll just do it this way. We'll be right back. Wow. Danny, sounds like you've accidentally invented a thermochemical energy source. A scientific wonder becomes a nightmare. Someone's walking around with enough explosive to turn the city into a pancake. A power that could mark the beginning of the end for the $6 million man. Hi, Olga. Thank you so much for uh, joining us really quick. I just, you know, what was happening is I was promoting, I forgot, you know, we could promote that Nowhere Comedy Club show we're doing with Gilbert on uh, March 11th. I realized we can promote it because it's not, I guess we could have promoted the, uh, the, the the fundraiser we did too, but this one is definitely, it's a comedy club show and everybody can buy tickets. And I, I guess I forget. I feel, feel like we're doing a favor, but we're not. We're doing an actual comedy show on March 11th. So then I was like, um, yeah, I was talking about your story anyway, and I'm like, well, let's just uh, talk about it. I mean, I hadn't mentioned it at all. I was telling everybody, I have to tell you what happened to Olga this week. <sighs> and I just figured you could probably tell everybody. It's so. funny because it happens to me every week. I think we have the same conversation like every, I don't know, three months. About the same months? guy or uh, always a different guy? I feel like the same guy. Well, that's also- for sure. The different guys. So as you know, as I've been talking about to everybody that, you know, Olga lives in this community that, uh, well, hates women. I'm just not going to sugarcoat it. And uh, that's what the Orthodox Jews do. And, well, they keep them, you know, down and oppressed and a second-class citizens. And it's just going to keep happening until somebody takes a stand. Sorry. They want to, uh, yeah, they, they like for the woman. Well, my father, okay, my father is like, oh, you, you could... You can do comedy, but first you have to be 
comes the home. Forget, the you're, you're being polite, but the fact of the matter is your parents and uh, the, everybody's adults and your friends in that community don't want you doing comedy. They don't want you to have a job. They just want you to be a wife. So we've already discussed that before with you. But here's the funny thing, folks, is that, you know, there's, there's you know, Olga lives in this little sect and there's one guy left who isn't married like Olga and they all just want them to get together. Now I, and I've talked about this in the podcast before I've met this guy's mother and they're very rich and they live down at the beach and I've met them and they're nothing but nice, but I spoke to the mother and we were talking the two of us. I mean, she's pretty much my age. So we were just talking and she goes, well, yeah, I really want them to get together. But, and I've, again, I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but because I still can't even believe I'm about to say it, but Olga has to realize she's got to give up this ridiculous comedy thing and just become a housewife. I mean, I can't even believe in 2020 uh, or 2019 when that was that I was hearing uh, a statement like that in New Jersey, not in Afghanistan, and by somebody my age who seemed normal, and uh, I just, you know, and a woman, let alone a woman. It wasn't just a man saying it. So what happened was her son always comes back to Olga when he when his things aren't going right and his going, he goes, come on, let's do this. Let's just get married. So, and Olga's just because she's in this backstory of, religious beliefs and the upbringing is always like, well, maybe I should give him another chance. And what happened last Friday? Okay. So I, okay. So last Friday, so I, but I, and I do do, but I do do a thing. So the only reason why I give him another chance is because he, he, my biggest fear is he'll use against me. He'll be like, well, so you're never going to have kids and you're never going to, get married it, it like makes it like he's my only chance for and it's love. not just him your dad does it uh your com- a lot of your community does it a lot of the men and the women they both give it to you because that's yeah, what they're taught to do i did marry this person then i i would go back to my old life like totally just i'd be friends with all my old friends again i'd be whatever all right so now I was like, I was like, I'll absolutely not give him another try. But then I don't know how he got to me because he always does. And well, uh, it's easy because it's during a pandemic. You're confused. You're conflicted. And he just is nonstop berating you with texts and call. And you don't hate him. No, I've known him forever. Yeah. With him. He's one of my. We all go through that. He's one of my very like I grew up with him. But But this one, this time should be the lesson. Yeah, you know the one. The, it should be the final one. We have to put it in our memory banks to remember it the next time this happens a year from now. To this podcast, anytime I think that I want to, you know, give him another shot. Right. So he called. Okay. So then I wasn't gonna. I wasn't making plans with. And someone's like, "You should give him a shot. Just, just see what happens." Because you always talk about it. And I was like, "Fine, again." So then I tell. This is the fourth time he asked me to make plans. And I was like, okay, what's what? I was like, yeah, I'm around. What are you thinking? And he goes, let's do Shabbat dinner. And then he goes, can you. Wait, what what time is it that he's also. Yeah. (laughs) Five o'clock. Right. Five o'clock Friday night. Friday. This is 410 on a Friday. Okay. So we'll do Shabbat. and, And then he goes. Can you go to the supermarket, cook cook a meal, uh, bring it to me. I'll invite three people and I'll Venmo you. At four o'clock on a Friday, 
to go to the supermarket and cook a meal after I didn't speak to him for like, I don't know, how six months. Well, the best part, of course, is that you're saying at four o'clock in the afternoon, he calls me as if any of that statement is okay. Like just the fact that even if it was the day before even- he was asking you, you haven't talked to him, like you said, in six months. And then he's saying, Hey, I want to take you out. I want to take you out. And he's like, yeah, let's do Shabbat dinner. You come over to my house, cook a full meal for me and my friends, and then we'll see where it goes. And mow you. Yeah, and Venmo you the well at least, and we who knows if he's even going to do that. <laughs> what an asshole! And I was like, uh, "LOL, no." And then he goes, <laughs> "Come on!" And then I was like, "He's angry that you won't do it." I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not doing that." And then he goes, "Fine, just come here. We'll order up." And then I was like, "I'm not hanging out." out with you. Smart move. Thank God. You were smarter. You know, if you were, you know, only 22, you might have. And, you know, he ended up going to Bond Street for dinner with his friends that are not. Just suggest that. Well, so then I hope you remember that, because if he ended up going out to a restaurant with his stupid friends and he asked you out and he's like, let's do this, let's get married. And then he's making you cook. And then he ends up going to a restaurant anyway. Like, what an asshole. And the worst thing. Oh, but before, this is how we got, he messages me. So this is before we even went out. So when are you going to have my kids? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Folks, let me tell you, I mean, this, and so here's the worst part. Well, first of all, thank God this time, this time only, because it hasn't happened before, her mother was on her side. Yeah. Right? Mother doesn't like to cook. But your father was like, what's the matter with you? Get the ingredients and cook the meal. I mean, this is where it comes from. I mean, he he got late mad later when he guess he thought about it. He had no comments. You know when someone does something too much that you're just like, okay, I'm not going to talk, but um, no comment. But usually my father would be like, what did you do? Yeah, I, yeah, right. What did you do? What did you, Olga, do? Unbelievable how this um, community just uh, continues to oppress women demand stuff that was happening in the you know third century Mm -hmm. and uh nobody does anything about it except jumping off rooftops to get out of it well okay so then this is why my mom was on my side i just remember when we were young so like we would go to my cousin's house or like my aunt whatever and always the the girls like if there's a dinner the girls always make the husband's plates no matter what and they serve the husband and, and they clear their plate. They, that's all they do. They serve the husband and like, they don't move. Imagine Dave. Yeah, no, I, I know it's true. Mother cuts her 30 year old chicken, cuts the chicken for him. And then the wife was like, I'm not cutting my son's chicken. He could cut his own chicken. And that was a huge fight. And then the mom had to, the mom sneaks, cuts the son's chicken whenever he's in the wow. house. Wow. Do you know what the weird thing is, Alga, is that when I'm sitting here listening to this, you know, most guys would be like, boy, wouldn't that be great if uh, that was just a thing and nobody cared? But the fact of the matter is the way I've been brought up, I could never let that happen. I, I feel uncomfortable when the cleaning lady is here. I have to leave. How could I possibly feel comfortable if you're serving me food? 
Why? You would feel awkward? Yeah. I, when you come to my house, I make you a plate. But the, but that's different. You you know, you're not serving me where, you know, you invited me over your house. You, yeah. you said, I'm going to cook you some food. That That's different. You'd be like, this, is, uh, this is every Friday you're talking about. I need some more. Go get me some more potatoes or cauliflower. I want more. Like I could never, I could never do that. As a, even as a man, even as a, a man's man, I could never feel comfortable doing that. Right. As a so, matter of fact, uh, you know, yeah, as a joke, sometimes, you know, when we're together, uh, my nephew will get up and I used to get up and clean the dishes too. And my dad used to get upset sometimes because again, and this is just the seventies and in Saturday night fever in the movie, John Travolta starts cleaning the plates and his dad goes, what are you doing? That's women's work. I don't know. It's just, you gotta be kidding me that this still exists. Of course. And then, so then, the, so this is what happened. He calls me the next day. <laughs> he calls me the next day. And by the way, if you listen to this, you'd be like, yeah, I am right. She's yeah. crazy. <laughs> he would never listen. So he calls me the next day and he's like, uh, I, no, and he goes, let's hang out. And I was like, no, I don't like you. And he's like, I have a very hard time believing that. Let's just go. Let's go. We'll go to blah, blah, blah. And then anyway, I, he, I'm very weak, but I changed. I'm a changed woman. So I was like, <laughs> yes, fine. I'll meet you. I get up to rush out of bed because he wants me to meet him. And Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know about this part. You met him the next day? Yes. What the fuck I, is the matter with you? Boy, you I are weak. This. We met. Then he made me clean his candle. Oh, right. You told me that. That's right. You were at a store or something? and yeah, He made me go to TJ Maxx. He's like, wash the top of that candle. But right. Okay. So all of this is bad. The fact that you went to meet him again is very disheartening, I'm sure, to any woman that's listening to this podcast right now, that you actually gave him a third or fourth or fifth chance, whatever it is at this point. And then after he asked you for that on the Friday that you went to meet him the next day, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. I, I don't, I didn't, I don't answer his calls anymore. And, but he did. So like when, meaning when he's, unpa- I don't mind when, when it's my friend, he's unpacking his stuff for, that he got from the store, but like it, he demands me, like when I left the candle out to like the, it was the lid of the candle. It was smudgy. So I left it out. I couldn't find the paper towels because I was like, we need a paper towel. And he's like, why'd you leave this out? Like that, like, what? So like, picture that. I mean, that's what your married life would be. You know, I mean, like, wh- when when are you going to get the message? No. I know you kind of know, but you got to be kidding me. How much more examples do you need that this isn't the guy for you? <laughs> My goodness. So then he tells. So anyway, the day then I go, and it's like I'm mad. He goes, "Why do you get so mad when I tell you to cook dinner? That's your <laughs> job." I was like, "Wow, not my job." He goes, "What?" You, it's your job to cook me dinner and I'll bring home the money. That's what, that's your job. He goes, you could, I'll be, I'll be your slave and you be my slave. And I'm like, you're not my, what are you with my slave at? What do you do? What what do you you get out of it? You get to have his kids. Well, I bring home all the money, whatever you want. And I was like, I make my own money. And he goes, no, you don't, you don't have a product. You don't have anything. (laughs) Jesus Christ. This is horrible. And it's just so hard to, it's so difficult to listen to. It's not even funny anymore. Like at first, when you told me about the Sabbath, it's kind of funny, but now it's become not amusing at all. 
and uh, it's just sad. And it's years of setup for this is why you keep falling for it. And I feel bad for uh, women of your you know stature that are trying to get out. You know, it, it's very simple, I guess, to stay in your community, get married, have the kids, and just conform. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know your sister very well too, and that's what she's done. And I'm sure she would have liked a period of time to just kind of express herself and go out, but that's just not the way it works in this community that continues to keep women down as if uh, they had just gotten off the Mayflower or something. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just bad news, Olga, but good for you that you're, you know, unfortunately uh, almost the black sheep of the family. I mean, at least your family still likes you, but they do give you a lot of, uh, you know, being Jewish, we're all full of guilt and horribleness and it's very difficult to get by with all this guilt we have, but you get it worse than a lot of other folks. Anyway, I just, uh, we had to hear that thing because I can't believe that goes on in the year 2021. And at least you're smart enough. Well, I guess you weren't smart. You still went out with them the next day. I don't know what to tell you, Olga. You, Dave, to remind me. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm here for. He's like, fuck him. He he tells you to make a meal. So when are you going to have me over for dinner? (laughs) Unbelievable. I I, I feel like if uh, people hadn't heard this podcast before, and didn't know your situation, we hadn't spoken about it previously, they'd probably think this was some sort of gag. Think so? Yeah, because it's unbelievable that it's this still exists. That crazy to me. It's crazy. It is crazy, yeah. But you're used to it. That's the funny thing. And that's why, that's why folks, it's easy for her to say, like, all right, I'll meet you tomorrow. That's not that bad. Uh, you know, you know, pe- people uh, that are uh, – Rose McGowan would be appalled. Okay. <laughs> I have a question. Because, like, when I go for dinner with a guy, I expect them to pay. Of course. So they don't? They don't? Oh, you just expect them to pay. Well, that's an old-fashioned thing that I think is a good thing. Like, if you want to take the other thing, is all right, well, why am I paying for her? Well, that's an old-fashioned, chivalrous, gentlemanly thing, which you're supposed to do at least, at least on the first date. But that's not a Jewish thing. That's just a gentlemanly so, thing that's supposed to happen. If a girl sleeps over, if you have, you know, a girl sleeps over, you guys hook up, whatever. Is she going to make your bed the next day? Do you expect that? I do not. Really? No. Why would I? I make the bed always. I mean, it's nice if they do, I guess, but I just, I wouldn't expect it. I don't expect them to do anything. You I don't know. Like, why is this? Bitch, not making my pay. I would never, ever think that way, ever. Never. No. Ever. We both slept in the bed. Why aren't I making it? What? We both slept in the bed. Why aren't I making it? What is it her responsibility to make it? I mean, if she slept on my couch and she was staying over, and again, I wouldn't even expect somebody to fold up the blanket and put the pillows neat. But if, if she did, that would be kind. That's a kind gesture. I think that's insane. If they, they, if they I just feel if somebody's a guest in my house, they don't. It's not necessary to do that. It's a kind gesture, but it's not something that would bother me. If they're staying for a week, maybe that would you know would be expect that. But uh, that's not something that bothers me personally that much, which is uh, kind of funny since every little thing bothers me. So <laughs> I guess you're talking to the wrong person. Maybe. I, I wonder. I really do wonder. I want to ask a bunch of 
girl. But I would expect that from a man, too. So it has nothing to do with being a woman. So that's the other thing. If a guy slept over, I would expect him to make I wouldn't expect him to do anything. But if he did it, it would be a kind gesture just to uh, to thank somebody for their hospitality. You clean up a little bit or something, you know, you, you know, put up the uh, towel, you know, fold the blanket. I'm bad at that. So I hate doing it. But I do the best I can when I sleep over people's houses. Like I had a, a Cause I went out with this guy, not a Syrian, but Ashkenaz. And did I tell you about how we wanted to split a Range Rover to go up to one of my, my comedy gigs in Binghamton? No, but this kind of story is just pissed me off. I can't even stomach it right now. It's just, I can't believe that you meet guys that want to split checks or split these things. And you're meeting guys that have money. It's not like you're meeting guys that don't have money that they're in their, you know, these are guys that are very, they're quite wealthy. And the fact that they are just asking to split all this kind of stuff is, is just pathetic. I ended up breaking up with him, but then we had we, three years later, we dated again. Cause he really liked me, but I had that conversation with him. I was like, but we could like, I was like, I thought it's so weird. We're going to stay in like some best Western who needs to go in a Range Rover. I had my parents car. And you're asking me to split one for the day. It's all of the money I'm making on my comedy gig. I just thought that was so bizarre and strange. It is bad. And I don't understand guys at all. And a lot of this times it works and people girls fall for it all the time. It is weird. And I was like, and then, but my example was just like, if I sleep over you, I end up making the bed because that's what I would probably do. And you should. Well, that's just a, that's a nice gesture, but it's funny if you're, if you're thinking that again is because of your background and religion, that's, that's silly, but that's just a polite gesture of one human being to do for another. So it's a separate. Okay. I I think it's completely separate. Um, You know, I just think it's, it's, it's polite, but I I wouldn't have even thought about it. So the fact that you think about it is, is really nice. Yeah. I wouldn't want to touch that bed after I've slept in it with somebody else. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, in fact, I, I actually, uh, I actually like sleeping in the bed with it not being made after somebody has slept over. I don't know why. Really? Yeah, I got a problem. It's like a thing. How until you wash your sheets? Like the next day. So you're. But you know how like you never sleep like after somebody stays over. I know. Uh, so then I get a, always get a good night's sleep in the bed, and then and then I'll change them the next day. Wow. When's the someone in your bed? uh well before the pandemic i guess you know insane what yeah isn't that crazy yeah it is crazy and it was probably that uh girl we were talking that i was talking to last night what (laughs) yeah i did not know that happened yeah anyway now we're getting into the stuff we can't talk about on the podcast even though it was getting good but uh i'll get just uh listen march 11th me and the amazing alga namer who is really just becoming this fantastic couple. Well, you know what, folks? You've been hearing me talk about her for several years now. Maybe maybe, maybe it's been two years. Maybe it's just been a year. I don't know. But I told you when we were doing the show how much Dara, this is Gilbert's uh, wife that loved her so much, and this is why she's on the show, and how amazing her material was and her demeanor when she was doing it on Zoom. Now you get to see for yourself in the Nowhere Comedy Club, March 11th on Thursday. Yes. March um, 11th. So, uh, yeah. Check her out, and then uh, and then we can talk about it the next day, Very next week. So thank you for uh, getting up and, and talking about this ridiculous, ridiculous thing when organized religion, in my mind, needs to just be stopped all over because it'll solve all war problems, just like John Lennon said. 
or it is organized religion that causes the this uh, women stuff, this anti-women and war. <laughs> so I guess if we just put a stop to that, everything will be fine with the world. <laughs> Olga, thank you so much. And um, we'll talk later. Bye. So there it is. Thir- uh, she's, she's so funny. So th- uh, Thursday, March 11th, uh, Nowhere Comedy Club. And that is our good friend, Olga Namer. She's hilarious. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like there the could be big things for her. I really do. Um, so let's just, uh, I want to end on one hilarious note, uh, on the opposite end of, um, hilarious women is Kate Hudson, or as this guy who I've been trying to get in the pockets for a long time, Johnny Alesk, Johnny Aleksinski from the New York post who I've, uh, spoken to, but I can't seem to knock him down to come on the show. He is the, the film reviewer for the New York post. And, you know, a millennial, uh, you know, very interesting guy. And he, the, the article is entitled Kate Dudson, daughter of Hollywood royalty, scores globe nod for latest stinker, but she should really hang it up. Man, that is awesome. Ouch. Burn. Yeah, he hates her. And he's saying she's just besides absolutely or what is almost famous, you know, which still wasn't that great. Uh, he's like, she's never, ever done a good movie or done a good job in a movie or even made movie that have made any money, which is what I've been saying for years. And I was like, looking at her films after almost famous, there's, I mean, I've never even heard of any of these films. She's made like, I don't know how many, but it's like, uh, listen, I'm just going to say gossip about Adam, the cutting room, the four feathers led the force, Alex and Emma. All right. Here's the only one I've heard of how to lose a guy in 10 days. Wait, was that? I'm trying to think. Was that the one with the the girl I like, Julia Julia Stiles? Is that her name or something? Um, no, but that you know, and I guess that's the one I heard of. Raising Heaven, The Skeleton Key, You, Me, and Dupree. I've only heard of that because Owen Wilson's in it. And it's you know, I would never watch. I've never seen any of these movies. I never want to. Uh, I mean, she's pretty, but it, she's just not fun. Fool's Gold, My Best Friend's Girl, Bride Wars. Bride Wars was the one I thought this could be the one. Because it sounded hilarious, but I think it was with that idiot. Was that the, the one with the idiot Catherine Heigl who sucks? Nine, the killer inside me, a little bit of heaven, something borrowed, the reluctant fundamentalist, wish I was here, good people, rock the Casbar. Here's one we've heard of, maybe, Kung Fu Panda 3, which the guy, Johnny, says was her best work because it's just her voice. He's done with her. Mother's Day, horrible. Deepwater Horizon, Marshall. And this last one, music, which is directed by C, which he said is just a goddamn nightmare. And he's like, and she's got works in progress. We have to put a stop to her. Don't you love when a guy just comes out and says it? And he's messing with, you know, Goldie Hawn's kid and Kurt Russell. It's it's a little risk, you know, but I love it. I love it. He's so right on. She's awful. Now, that all being said, I guarantee if we were talking to her and had her on the pocket, she's probably the best person. I mean, that's the way it seems. Every time I've seen her in an interview, she just seems like a lot of laughs and fun. And look at the guy she dates, you know, rockers. She's got to be a blast. But, yeah, she should uh, come up with some other profession, I guess. You know, you just don't want to see her on on film. Maybe TV would be good for her. She, she's probably, she reminds me probably a lot of, like, the, what we were talking about, Meredith Baxter Burney and how awful she was and how... You know, she thought she was so funny and because, you know, you can't blame her because 
the people on the show were like, oh my God, Meredith, you're so funny. <laughs> oh my God, you're so funny. Oh my God, aren't they just awful? Just awful. Um, I just, I want to talk about one other thing too, uh, and then we'll call it a day, but this this Jason Alexander, I really can't stand him. He's going to be on the, uh, he's on a couple episodes of The Big Bang Theory. Everything he's done since Seinfeld is just so annoying. I can't stand him. He used to be a major town theater. Now he's just so, this guy is so full of himself, and I don't know where he gets off on that, but I guess if you are a beloved character on television, you kind of get that thing. But this guy was full of himself when he was on there. This is what pissed me off. And you know, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to maybe get an agent or a manager trying to do stuff. So you know I get really angry when people just leave shows and they have this whole deal like Anna Faris, this fucking asshole. Where does she do when she left mom? And now they let it go another season and now it's going off the air because it's missing the dynamic, which was uh, the great uh, Allison Janney and, and Anna Faris. And Allison Janney, who wins Oscars and does movies, wasn't leaving the show because she gets it. She's older. Anna Faris, who the fuck is she? She's leaving the show. And now she's putting all these people out of work because she decided to leave the show. And still nobody will tell us why. So it's got to be for selfish reasons uh, unless I hear otherwise. So I hate that kind of shit. This Jason Alexander, who, by the way, there's certain episodes where I would use him as a tool of comedic acting in this role only. Because everything else I've seen him on, he's trying way too hard. But he had this role down to a side, just like Jennifer Aniston in Friends, who's fantastic in Friends. But what a bag of shit she is in everything else. She is not an actress. She was able to play this one character. Jason Alexander is able to play this one character very well. And there are scenes in there that are so good and so brilliant and so funny. But I heard this. That there was one episode in season three called The Pen. We all remember that one, you know, with the astronaut pen. Takes place in Florida, and he wasn't in it. And when he found out, this is season three. When he found out he wasn't in it, he had a hissy fit and threatened to quit. As if the show was named George or Jason. You know what I'm saying? I mean, who the fuck is this guy? telling Larry David and Jerry, I'm going to quit if you do this to me again. Now, for some reason, they listened to him and never didn't have him in uh, an episode again, but I guess it, it made sense. But who is this guy? And this guy, as we know, has been a pain in the ass. Like, he wasn't getting that he was on this amazing show. Remember, we heard he was the one that made them get rid of his wife, Susan, because he wasn't happy with the actress that was playing her. He goes... I'm not getting anything from her. I'm not getting things. Why don't you shut up and let Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld figure it out? They'll let you know. They'll be the first ones to tell you if they feel an actress isn't working, you ungrateful piece of shit. And fuck you that you're on the Big Bang Theory. I saw that coming up next week. I'm like, oh, why do I got to keep dealing with this guy? There's a commercial he had on the Super Bowl. Where there's somebody's wearing a a, George, a, a, a Jerry a Jason Alexander shirt, and I'm like, this is stupid. Everything this guy does is bad. He's bad in um, Shallow Hal. He's bad in everything else, just like Jennifer Aniston, except Seinfeld, where he is an absolute master genius. But what a dick! And who the fuck is he to tell? Think about this: to tell Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld, look, it's either this or I walk. Can you believe this guy? Maybe that's why he doesn't work that much anymore. 
because he, he just must be a complete asshole. And obviously, Julia Louise Dreyfus must be a joy to work with because she's had three successful series. And uh, Michael Richards must be a pain in the ass. As you can see in the outtakes sometimes, you can see when everybody's laughing, they break lines, he gets angry. So obviously, nobody wants to work with this guy anymore. I'm sure he can be forgiven for the N-word thing, which was a long time ago, but maybe not. But it, nobody was working with him after that anyway. So... You know, what a piece of shit. And then, uh, you know, I watch Hogan's Heroes every night now since quarantine is on at 10, 1030 on MeTV because there's the other. Uh, so this age, clearly I'm watching MeTV. My mother's watching MeTV in the afternoon. So now I, when I know when we're watching the same thing, it's over. So I'm watching Hogan's Heroes. And on the sixth season, the black guy from Hogan's Heroes leaves. The one black guy, the black guy, the one black guy leaves the series and they bring in another black guy to replace him. Now, you have to be a genuine asshole to be the one black guy who's never, ever, maybe once they even mentioned that he's black. He's treated like a regular, that sounds awful, but you know what I'm saying. He's treated like one of the boys. It's, it, it's not a thing that he's black. And this is what we're talking about in the 60s when they just didn't have roles like that. If you were black and you were on TV or in the movies, you're saying, like, well, we got to get a black guy. They have one black guy in the goddamn series, and he leaves. He's like, I don't know. I'll see what else is out there. And I'm like, what a complete – look at the statement you're making for other black people. And you can't be angry. That I can understand if you're the one black guy and you're getting treated and you're getting all these lines and maybe it's, you know, it's hurting and you're feeling you know, like I'm letting my people down or whatever. But that wasn't the case. They, they never treated him like a black guy. I mean maybe he didn't have a lot to do like the other guys, but he wasn't that great an actor. I'm sure if he was as charismatic as Richard Dawson, they probably would have given him more to do. He wasn't that great an actor. I don't think he was ever heard of again. What's his name? Ivan Dixon? And it's like, who the fuck is this guy in the 60s to leave a successful show? The, and, and Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek was going to do the exact same thing from what I've been told. Again, another forerunner of you know, not being treated at all, ever, that she's black because it's Star Trek, it's the future, we don't think about those things, and she wanted to leave the show. She wanted to leave the show, and, and apparently it was Martin Luther King who she met, he goes, what are you, out of your goddamn mind? Do you know how important it is that you're on that show, you fucking dumb? Man, I really got out of control, I lost my voice, I, uh... Because, you know, because I'm sitting here during the pandemic, I'm like, God, I, I wish I could get a, an acting job or some sort of job. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to be in a series? I watch all these shows and I get upset that I wasn't in shows in the 80s and that I don't have that in my back pocket. It's the, this is the stuff that upsets me. So I'm like, these people, they have these opportunities. You imagine these two black people who are so angry that they're on a sitcom. And I'm saying, I get if they were treated differently than everybody else on the show. Like if their characters were treated differently, I would totally understand. Uh, for some reason, John Amos, who I still like because he was amazing in uh, Coming to America, was so angry that he had to leave good times for some reason. I can understand maybe even the Mary Tyler Moore show. We, he left. He is another example. The guy left the Mary Tyler Moore show. He's like, oh, I'm not getting a lot of lines, you know, whatever. But again, they never really treated him like a black guy. But you know, I just, but I can understand maybe, I, I really just can't understand. But I'm saying the ultimate, the, the ultimate is Star Trek for sure, because they never treat anybody uh, as an Asian, uh, like, you know, George Decay or, or black or anything. And, uh, and, and this miracle of Hogan's heroes, 
uh, you know, when you're a Nazi prisoner and they never mention that he's black or use the N-word, which, of course, you would never do. But I'm just saying they're just treating him like he's just one of the prisoners <laughs> to be like, yeah, this isn't working for me. You fucking just let your people down. You fucking ugh, ungrateful twat, just like Jason Alexander. Who the fuck is this guy? He's on Broadway. Jason Alexander, he's a Broadway guy. He gets a series and he's complaining. You know this drives me insane. It just does because, you know. Now, again, if I was in my 20s and I I could totally see myself doing this. Absolutely. But now, you know, I get it. And Jason Alexander had to be, you know, in his 30s by then and he was already experienced. How do you not get it then? You know, how do you not get it? All those people that left shows to go to the movies, you know, they're obviously idiots, but, you know, you let it go. But, I mean, you know, who who's telling you this is a good idea? Have You you should check your friends. And uh, there's got to be somebody down to earth that just says, dude, what you're doing. Like, you know, you know, like a like a Martin Luther King who's saying, are you out of your goddamn mind? This is like the greatest opportunity for all black people, you dumb fuck. I'm sorry, I can't stop it. It's like it's it's mind boggling. He's like, this is an unbelievable opportunity. You're going to go down into history as this, as this wonderful woman that's not known for being black. You're, you're just Lieutenant O'Hara. I mean, this is a fucking miracle. Think of this is what I'm telling everybody, that this could be. And you're on a show that's depicting my dream, and you want to leave? She's still alive. We should really let her have it. I'm going to get her on this podcast. I'm going to say, now you listen to me, and you listen good. I got to tell you, I did not think that would get me that wired up, but I guess because I'm, um, you know, I'm trying to kind of get back into it. I'm just really angry at people that just don't seem to get it and how wonderful it is to, to be working. In and out of love. I think that about does it for today, my goodness, what a swing of nonsense and wonderfulness, and boy, what a lively podcast, huh? Another good time for all on the Nightfly podcast. Folks, don't forget, tonight is Jim Florentine and Jim Norton on the Comedy Seller Nightly Show. Next week, Cypher Sounds, Rachel Feinstein, and then Tom Shalhoub. Will we be talking about Trump? Oh, yes. I think we shall. That ought to be interesting. A little twist of action. And I guess that's about it. You know, March 11th, me, Olga, and Gilbert in the Nowhere Comedy Club, which is a virtual show online. So I guess I have something to plug. Also, I didn't tell you, but Attell asked me to open from the Stress Factory, but I'm not ready to go out yet, so I don't know what to tell you. Other than that, I really hope everybody is, uh, you know, maybe getting vaccinated or feeling good or going out and things are starting to open up, I guess. I guess it's I guess there truly is a light at the end of the tunnel. And we'll talk more about music. We'll have a nice music show and, and, and Grammy show next week. We'll have a lot of fun again next week on the Nightfly because that's the most important thing is to have fun because I love to laugh. I love to laugh loud and long and clear. So that's our show for tonight. My name is Dave Jeskow. This is the Nightfly Podcast. See you next week. Good night, everybody. Good night.